welcome. I'm Lauren Rosen, licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm Kelly Frankie, licensed marriage and family therapist. And this is Purely OCD. Kelly and I are OCD specialists who happen to also be in recovery from OCD ourselves. Each week we meet to talk about all things OCD, one topic at a time. You may notice we try to bring a little levity and humor to our discussion around this deeply painful disorder, as this has been a very powerful tool for our own recovery as well as our clients. We tend to cover obsessions, compulsions, and exposures. There's also a Q&A at the end. If you would like, you can join us in the future. We meet on Mondays at 12.30 Pacific time on Instagram Live. And if you do find this podcast helpful, please leave us a review so we can gain more visibility to reach more people like yourself and help spread awareness of what it's like to live with OCD. Quick reminder, this is not intended as therapy or as a replacement for therapy. This is for educational purposes only. So without further ado, here is this week's episode. So this week on Purely OCD, we are going to be talking about exposure and response prevention. Oh my God, how did I know you were going to do that? I think it was like the tone of the voice. (laughs) I know, I like it. Um, I was funny because we were talking about it and we kind of, I mean, we've done past episodes that have obviously spoken a lot about exposure and response prevention, but we have not done an episode that is dedicated to this practice, which is, of course, the center of treatment for OCD. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, let's talk about it then. <laughs> let's just dive right in, shall we? Awkward. Well, uh-huh. So, Ooh. yeah. So, go ahead, Lauren. Sorry. No. Um, so, exposure is the process by which we face down the things that give us anxiety. We face down our triggers, right? So this is, this is going to look really different dependent upon the theme of your OCD and how, which is where if, if you're interested in learning more like the past episodes on the different subtypes, we do talk about exposure and response prevention within the context of each of them. Um, but if you, for example, have harm OCD, you might find knives to be very triggering and you might find yourself avoiding knives or you might find yourself using knives, but then uh, asking for reassurance that you won't stab somebody or ruminating or even like saying a prayer while using the knife in order to prevent the worst from happening. Mm -hmm. Um, So the idea is that if you're avoiding something, of course, we want you to, you know, not be avoiding things because that's going to limit your life. But then also we want to have you do the response prevention piece as well. So even if you're already doing the thing, chances are you may, oh, well, be uh, doing a lot of compulsions <laughs> um, yeah. it's secondary to doing the things. And that's also problematic, also really going to limit your life. So that's the exposure piece. And I guess I kind of touched on response prevention a little bit, but maybe Kushball Kelly. Yeah. So I would just kind of to piggyback off the um, exposure piece, there's lots of different types of exposures too. That's true. So there's the incidental or in vivo stuff that happens in real life, stuff that you're not planned, right? So 
but it's happening in the moment. It's not on the hierarchy. It wasn't in your exposure log and that we're just doing that. We're just going live with it. Surprise. <laughs> <Ba -boom. clears throat> I'm going to throw up. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and then, I mean, that's just like one way of talking about a, a bigger thing. And that's kind of plays a big role in ongoing recovery too, because that's ultimately what we have to do is just, there's going to be triggers that you aren't going to be seeing your therapist anymore. And you're going to be like, oh, there's that feeling. Ooh, feel uncomfortable. Got to look at it. So whatever your OCD is saying, don't do it. You go, okay, I guess I'm going to do that now. That's my thing. Yep. Especially do that. I do that, especially when it's, uh, when it's something that is important to you, right? That's, I think, you know, because it's not like you absolutely 100% of the time have to do everything that is scary no. to you, no. but it's, you know, when it's interfering somehow with something that you want to do, or it's trying to like boss you around. It's like, no, bite me. Yeah. <laughs> I have so much, yeah. much to say. Yeah. That was inappropriate. So I held it back. <laughs> um, anyways. And then there's these ima imaginal stories. These is like the scripting that you sometimes hear about. Um, and then there's, well, so let's, but let's okay. piece out a little bit, like what an imaginal is. Um, generally it's, it's writing the, the sort of scary story of the worst case scenario coming to pass. Mm -hmm. pass. Yeah. And, um, the idea is because a lot of people come in and they're like, yeah, I do that all the time. Why? I don't need to do that. Right. Like that's what I'm doing in my head constantly. You crazy person, me, right. therapist. And I'm like, no, no, no. Uh, you're not just leaving it at this scary thing could happen. You're then going on and on and trying to figure out how you would respond to it or how awful it would be. Um, or trying to fix it or prevent it somehow. We're not doing any of that part, right? Like, so it's telling the story, but also just being like, oh, wow, that's an anxiety provoking story. I really want to resolve that right now. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to fix it. Right. I always like to throw in there the whole therapist line where it's like, and my therapist told me not to do the compulsions and I didn't. And it turns out, that because I didn't do what I initially thought and I listened to them, that yep. thing happened and the whole world collapsed, right? Every, and also everybody's fear sounds different because for some people, if we say harm, it might be their harm obsession isn't the worry about um, hurting somebody and then like feeling awful. It's going to jail. Their whole life is ruined, right? And it's the end of the world for them. Yes. So there's definitely variations. It's very, you have to really work through what is it that I'm truly scared of in this. Yep. Yep. What's the core fear? <laughs> what was the thing that I'm truly scared of? Um, right. Yeah, for sure. So there's, that, that's the sort of imaginal exposure side of things. And then there's the written exposures, right? Like writing the word yeah. over and over. Saying the word, having reminders of the word. Like when mm. we say the word, like if you are new to this and like, let's say you have, I don't know, um, 
POCD, right? Like the word child is likely to be anxiety provoking to you or even the pedophile or pedophile or molester, right? Like all of these words are, are likely to be anxiety provoking to you. So those would all be words that we could play around with, right? Um, in terms of like, I want to do a nod to, to just like in vivo exposures that are planned, right? So, um, you know, for instance, um, you know, we might have somebody hold a knife yeah, and just like, you know, that's, that's, or hold a knife close to a person that they love, right? That would be a, a planned in vivo exposure, uh, like in real life, basically mm-hmm. exposure. Um, the imaginals, if we can pop back to that for a second, are there because you can't, you're not going to do in vivo exposures to everything. That's not the point. Um, we're trying to get you to face the triggers, which sometimes are thoughts and ideas rather than concrete physical things so um actually a lot of it is facts right all these associations that exist in our mind and it's like ping 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 and all of a sudden yeah oh i'm having that because it that again a, a lot of times people come in and they're like well let me do these you know gnarly exposures i hear about and it's like well actually for you it's going to be we're going to work more on the reducing of compulsions, the response prevention. Yeah, it's really important to, to know how to do response prevention at the fore, like at the beginning, because otherwise you're just going to trigger yourself and do compulsions, which is like insult to injury, really, because it's like... Yeah, you did all the hard work. Yeah, like you face the thing and then it's like, but I'm just going to do the thing that I was doing that's going to reinforce this and, and continue cycle yeah that said when you're first starting out doing exposures you know you're not going to be you will do compulsions it's more of like if we see a huge bulge or like a flare of excessive compulsions that we're like okay we gotta re-evaluate the intensity of the exposure we gotta re-evaluate how you're sitting with like how we're being present and not mentally compulsive. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, that's a really good point too, Kelly, like, because oftentimes we start by delaying compulsions or reducing compulsions. Mm -hmm. It's not like an all or none thing. You don't have to just be like cold turkey stop. It's just, we need to make progress Mm -hmm. away from what you're doing and toward what you want. And it, it can be totally gradual though. Yeah, absolutely. So that's just a few examples. There's so many other types of like active exposures we could do. Um, But yeah, going into response prevention. um, I don't know if you saw Kevin Voss's post last week about John Hirschfield and he quoted him and he said, let's just cut to the chase. Compulsion's bad. (laughs) I know. I, I was like, yeah, that's, that's right that's on the money. This money, John Hirschfield, man. It's simple, but true is like, they're the bad guys. So when we are doing these active exposures, we're bringing up the uncomfortable feelings and thoughts. We are not going to do anything about it. We're not going to do what we typically would do, which is compulse. We can start by delaying, 
Um, we can start by reduction of compulsions. We can just cold turkey them too, right? It's all dependent on the person and try not to judge yourself or compare yourself to anybody because that's not going to help. But ultimately the response prevention is like 85% of it. That's a yes. random number. It doesn't, I don't <laughs> have, there's no research to back that up. I mean, really it's a hundred percent of it, right? I mean, I don't know. Cause otherwise like we were just saying, it's like, then you're just triggering yourself and doing compulsions. So like finding some way to do some degree of response prevention is all of it. In fact, it's funny if you could only do one of the two things in treatment, right? Response prevention, 100%, because, you know, when you're going throughout your daily life, the most important thing is that you're not capitulating to the behaviors that are keeping you stuck, that are limiting your life. Yeah. And that's actually what makes it a disorder. Right. It's not the intrusive thoughts or the obsessions. It's the compulsions. Because even after treatment, you will still get intrusive thoughts, unfortunately. Forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Welcome to the club, guys. (laughs) Which is called the club of being human. It's not even the club of OCD. Like, everybody's got them. Yeah. Well, the vast majority of people do anyway depending on the study that you look at. Ours are a little more intense, but yeah. Well, they're spicy, man. I mean, (sighs) actually, speaking of John Hirschfield, I I think of that um, illustration he has in the book, the mindfulness workbook for OCD, which if anyone's looking for a basic, like how, how OCD works, how ERP works, like great book. That would be like number one recommendation from my end. I think yours is Grayson, but I totally like, I like both also. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's much more digestible. The the one from um, Tom and John. Yeah. Yeah. So um, in that book, he's got this image of a bookshelf and Mm. he talks about the fact that people with OCD tend to have like a broader light on this bookshelf. So it's like, it's got a, like a larger scope. So they see like more of the fringe thoughts on like the positive, positive, like the nice thoughts, um, but also more of the, the negative. They see kind of all of it. They're more aware at their, it's almost like their peripheral vision is expanded, right? And then people who don't have OCD, the, the light is narrower, right? So they're not necessarily getting the like, really uncomfortable fringe thoughts over here, but they're also maybe going to miss out on like the fun, creative, exciting thoughts on, on this end of things. Um, which I think is, yeah, it's, it's a great way of looking at it. It really is. It really is. Yeah. Cause we have creative minds. Not that other people don't have creative minds too. I'm just no. saying that like, you know, better. <laughs> oh my gosh. People with OCD are better. I'm just kidding. Of course I'm kidding. Hopefully you guys all know my humor by now. I would hope so. Um, I mean, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I mean, do we, do we want to give more? Oh, wait. Oh no. We were in the middle of response prevention. Hello. So, so back on the rails. (laughs) Um, So like, with response prevention, with the compulsion, like with behavioral compulsions, what does that look like? 
Well, it depends, right? So we break it down into a few different types that we can just reference it. Everyone's going to call it different, but we have reassurance seeking. So that's when we're asking other people, what do you think? Do you think this is bad? Do you think I should do this? What, Whatever. Then there's the avoidance. So we're avoiding every trigger, any potential trigger. And then there's the mental compulsions, which are the sneaky ones. They're the ones you don't see and the ones that are often missed for people. And then there's the the very overt ones that are visible. We can all see it, like checking, counting, um, although counting, locking, washing. Yep, all those. So if we're doing exposure and response prevention, let's say for hand washing, and just to mix things up, it's not contamination, it's emotional contamination. So somebody saw somebody and that triggers a person to then think, oh, what if I take on their personality traits? I'm just taking on an example here. And they have to wash or they feel they feel compelled to wash, right? So it would be like, okay, well, let's go find that person or let's go write um, the traits down and read them. Whatever it is that person finds anxiety provoking And now we're going to sit with this discomfort or delay it or minimize it or even mixing it up in how they're washing in some way. Like we're just trying to break up the cycle a little bit. Delaying is great. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's a one example. Of how, yeah, how you do ERP with a behavioral compulsion. Yep. That's solid, man. Um. And if you're, let's say you're a reassurance seeker mm. and give, let's throw out a subtype. I, like I, I'm stuck. Um, relationship OCD. Relationship OCD. Cause I feel like we hit everything except or scroop. Or we didn't those. do sexual orientation either. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Now they're, now they're, flying. now they're so, coming up. ROCD, right? Let's just say that you have a thought like, well, what if I'm not attracted enough to my partner, right? Mm-hmm. This is one that comes up a lot in, in the context of relationship OCD. So you think about triggers, like things that, that lead you to have that thought. And one of the things is um, looking at Instagram, as a matter of fact, right? You're scrolling yeah. and then you see like, some really handsome person of a gender to which you're attracted and you're like, Oh my gosh, but what if I'm not attracted enough to my partner because I find this person attractive and I think I find this person more attractive. Right. So if you know that Instagram is a trigger, that's a great exposure. So we might say, okay, for 10 minutes a day, you're going to scroll Instagram. And then when you have the thought, Oh my gosh, what if I'm not attracted enough to my partner? You're just going to go instead of, and this is where the reassurance seeking comes in, instead of like calling your friend and being like, is it normal if you find other people attractive when you're in a committed relationship? Right. Kind of like sneaky. Like, mm-hmm. what do you, what do you think about this? Um, instead of doing that, you're going to actually just go, Oh, I don't know. And that's yeah. unnerving. And, I'm going to feel my anxiety. What does that feel like? Breathe in, make space. And then I'm going to continue scrolling, Um, Mm -hmm. continue about the scrolling. In fact, I might breathe while I'm scrolling. Uh, Usually a good practice actually breathing 
as it turns out. <laughs> Breathing <laughs> is really solid. Generally recommended. So <laughs> that's that's a like a way that we might see it come up for reassurance seeking. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to take uh, uh, mental compulsions? Yeah, we broke both probably well. So mental compulsions are, we have a two series episodes on this exact thing. So I'm not going to go into too much detail plus time. Um, yes. But sometimes people will um, look at what they, like, let's say like they're anxious. Did I say something that was really offensive, mm-hmm. right? Like their obsession is like saying profanities or racist, racist slurs or, homophobic comments, right? Like anything that's like not, it's totally out of line with who this person is. And they were at an event or at work and they're like, okay, I need to remember what I said exactly. So they're bringing it up in their mind and then they're going, and what was their facial expression like? Did they seem alarmed? Were they laughing after? Okay. So we're, we're trying to retrace, remember exactly to give ourselves reassurance that nothing bad was said. Right. Right. To resolve that uncertainty. Right. So, but, right. Go ahead. Well, well, and so room, like if we call mental compulsions in general, like put a big label of rumination, right? Rumination is this act of where we're trying to figure it out as if there's an end date. There isn't. Rumination keeps going, keeps on. It just gets worse and darker and the hole gets deeper. Abort mission. Abort. 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 Yeah. Abort mission. And we like to talk about problem solving, which is time limited. Mm -hmm. It can Mm -hmm. be solved because Mm -hmm. there's like an actual deadline for something. And an actual problem that can be like you can't right. resolve anxiety no. that is not no. a problem no or is it something that can be solved no, no. so so okay but if we go back to this example of somebody who wants to engage in mental review when they're in social situations um because they are afraid that they say they might have said or might might say um things that are somehow offensive and harmful to other people we might say, okay, well, we're going to have you go out, right? We're going to have you go out more. That would be the exposure part. Or we're going to have you think the words that you're scared of saying while you're in public, right? That's right. Um, not like, obviously, we're not saying say them, right? Because we mm-hmm. don't, uh, again, that's an- antithetical to your, your values, who you are, who you want to be. That's not important. But no. having bringing the thought to mind on purpose and being like, I don't know whether or not that means I said it out loud. Maybe I did. Right. Well, right, because OCD gets really deep in there, and it's like you can't even have that thought or look at an image that reminds you of that thought because then what if you say it and you can't remember if you actually said it? So it really messes things up when you do what Lauren said. And that's good. That's a good thing. We want to mess we things up. We want that. It's the best. The best. It's the best thing. Messing things <laughs> up. Love mm-hmm. it. Um, so, I mean, obviously those are only a couple of, of examples of what the exposure might look like. And then of course the response prevention is doing exactly what Kelly said, like drop, drop the rumination, drop the review. We're not going to figure out whether or not I said that. Maybe I did say that. Maybe, 
Um, you know, and even spoiling the ritual a little bit too, I think is important here because oftentimes we get caught up in mental review before we even realize it. Yeah. And so saying like, yeah, they laughed, but maybe they were just so shocked that they were trying to hide their shock from me. Right. Like really leading, leading back into like, I don't have the answer here. Like there is still a possibility that I said that thing and that they're hyper offended and that I'm a bad person. Right. Yeah. Maybe. 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 The wor- my favorite word in the context of recovery. Yeah. Maybe. Or I guess we'll have to find out. Yeah. I guess we'll see. Ooh. I guess we'll see. I, it's just saying that I can feel my heart flutter. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's all messed up. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's good. And that's so like a message of hope at the end of all of this, right. Is that, by doing this exposure and response prevention, we learn how to be in the face, like in the face of these feelings that we have been so avoidant of that have really run the show for a long time or, you know, have, have taken over our lives somehow. That's the beauty. So that when you face them in daily life, it's like, oh, you again, as opposed to, oh my gosh, it's the feeling I got to fix at like Terminator status, right? Like, yeah. Mm, right like <laughs> yeah me, like killing it's so true feeling with my eyes you did great thanks <laughs> except it didn't work it didn't work so yeah mm-hmm. typical yeah anyway. well so. thank you for uh, for this as always Nick yeah here. thank you thank you and thank you all for joining us yep and, and we'll, we'll see you next week We'll see you next week. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended as a replacement for therapy. If you need further support, we encourage you to seek treatment with a registered professional who specializes in OCD. If you have a moment, we'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to leave us any feedback by reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. You can find past episodes on our website at purelyocd.com. Remember, this podcast is for you, so please let us know what you would like to hear. We want to make our message as helpful as it can be. We hope you will join us in the future as we continue our discussion on all things OCD. OCD.